Hello, I want to welcome any and everyone who has turned to listening here to this very first podcast of Intercession with me, Ryland R.J. Morris. Um, this is a podcast based on discipleship and uh, the many facets of the Christian lifestyle, which I think many people my age struggle with. Um, I understand some people may think, like, hmm, why intercession? Um, intercession is the action of intervening on behalf of another. I first came across this concept a few years ago as I worked at a summer camp in the DFW area in Texas. Um, our director was generous enough to give out copies of a book called Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. Um, to give a very vague synopsis of the book, it challenges the reader to a 40-day prayer challenge, 40 days of learning the importance of prayer and what it means to intercede on behalf of another, which brings me to the name of this podcast. I'm a young 20-year-old black man, and it isn't the easiest task finding a community that takes up his cross daily, much less people that intercede on behalf of those around them. This podcast is that space, a space to intercede, a space to talk about the trials in a young Christian's life, a space to face the hard topics that are neglected in the Christian community, a space to discuss, a space to educate, and last but most certainly not least, a space for the sole purpose of adding to the kingdom. So... For this very first session of intercession, <laughs> I want to familiarize myself with those who happen to listen, to attach a name with a voice. To do just that, I want to begin this introduction with my testimony. Um, as I said before, I'm Ryland Morris. Um, I'm 20 years old and in college here in Texas at uh, Texas Tech. And to begin with my testimony, uh, you know, it's still one that's being written. <laughs> um, I grew up in the church. Uh, my, my father was, made it mandatory that my brother and sister and I made it to church every Sunday. Um, <laughs> he was very instrumental in my life as a Christian and still to this day is, is someone whom I look up to over so many people. <laughs> um, still setting great examples in my life. But back in the day, every Monday, we also had to attend Awana, <laughs> which stands for every, or, oh, it's Awana. <laughs> uh, approved workmen are not ashamed. Um, and that was the name of a Bible study that we had to go to every Monday. Um, and that was my first introduction to God. And a pastor... Uh, I'm sorry, a preacher was our teacher, and he first spoke of the greatness of God, and that's when I was truly just fascinated by someone who, you know, could love me despite all my faults, and of course, I'm still at a young age at this time, but trying to grasp how great that kind of love is really filled me up, and that was when I first decided to give my life to Christ. <laughs> and at that age, you never really, you don't really understand giving your life to him. Um, but I told that my teacher that, and there was a scripture, not even a scripture. It was just a few words on the back of the door. And he said, well, son, I want you to pray this prayer and God will be entering into your heart and so I prayed this prayer and 
you know, I felt good because I thought, okay, now I'm, I'm saved. There's nothing that can pluck me away from his hand. So I'm saved. I, I prayed this prayer, but just praying that prayer doesn't get you anywhere, really. It needs to be followed up with action. And at that age, not much action followed it. <laughs> so moving along with my life, um, it was the same sort of routine um, up until I was maybe 10 or 11, 12 Maybe even 13, you know, we were still going to church every Sunday um, and we still attend Bible study whenever we could that Monday. Um, and that's how the course of my life went, really. Um, I played sports uh, in school. So, you know, that was really, that was, that was my job right there. School and sports and, you know, God on the weekends and, and maybe a weekday. So... Not much of my time was spent in his presence. Of course, I would pray every now and then, um, but I wasn't fulfilled. Uh, it wasn't fulfilling for me. Um, and so I began to go to a Christian summer camp, Kids Across America, which is probably one of the greatest camps. It, 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 I'm, of course, I'm biased, <laughs> but definitely a camp that really structured me and gave me a true love for God and, and allowed me to really go out and search for him. And I had so many experiences there that I hold near to my heart. And because of that camp, I can really say that I grew in my relationship with Christ um, because that's where my life really turned in me putting in the action behind John 3.16. I also had very great counselors there who spoke to me and taught me um, of Christ and encouraged me to read the word and, and be a leader. And that is where that camp is where I really had this fascination of becoming a leader, this fascination of, of setting the believers an example, because I knew before then, I didn't set very much of an example at all. It was just whatever I wanted to do. And it wasn't until after that camp and having so many great counselors, such as, you know, a great friend of mine and former counselor, John Scott, who really, really uh, vouched for me, really st stood in and, and taught me and, and poured into me um, that now, after that, it, my life really did change. Um, and I began to feel conviction because regardless of whatever I did, <laughs> I felt terrible. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't rooted in God, rooted in God then I, I felt terrible. And I wanted to become a leader. I, um, after having spending so many years there, um, I, I didn't stop going until halfway through my high school uh, career throughout so many years there and, and meeting so many different people from across America and stepping into this room where I didn't know anyone, but still trying to set everyone an example and show them that God really is a driving force in my life. And then trying to follow that up when I got back home 
was crazy <laughs> because I would live a life that was fantastic on paper um, at this camp and then got back home around my old friends, got back home around everyday life and it became just Ryland once again. It wasn't it wasn't Ryland with God at the head. That wasn't how I lived my life. And at this point in time, right before I became a freshman in high school, I had probably the, the hardest trial that I've had to go through in my life. Um, my parents divorced. And so that shook me because as a young young boy, you look at your parents and, you know, I still love them to this day. But you never see something like that coming. Of course, every now and then you'll see your your, your parents argue, maybe, and you think, oh, they, yeah, everything is cool. <laughs> so um, I didn't see that coming, and it really really hurt me. I cried for days. Um, I was I was disobedient after that. I looked at my parents and was just like, okay, I don't want to listen to you anymore because I feel like y'all divorced because of me, <laughs> which wasn't the case at all. But just all the thoughts growing through a young man's young boy, his mind is it was a lot for me to bear at the moment. But I still have my brother and my sister um, right there with me, my older brother as well, right there with me throughout the entire time. If I wanted to talk to somebody, I could talk to them. And if I really wanted to talk to someone, I could talk to God. Um, and he searching through the word for something that could mend my wounds from that really held me to look for the silver lining which was to hold relationships with to a higher standard to look at relationships not just as petty little oh yeah we know each other or we're friends um it helped me to see people for true beings and not just objects um and through this time i was also going through a bout with lust and you know as a as a guy i feel like we all struggle with that but um i do and still struggle with it it's it's a it's still a work in progress that's something that still trying to still working through um and still looking to god for guidance with but at that particular time dealing with lust and also trying to get out the hole of, of, of not feeling like I was worthy because my parents divorced, which is a bit of a stretch. But like I said, with a young boy's mind, you know, you try to cling to something that maybe isn't even true. So it's um, what I really was going through at the time and it helped me look through just people and really value relationships this led me to look into my research as uh, married couples and seeing that only 50 percent of marriages only 50 percent of marriages are remain in wedlock 50 percent of them the other half end in divorce and of course by percentages my mother and father would fall into that maybe <laughs> because it's split right down the middle 50 percent and then I didn't even know, but about a month ago, I learned that the same is for Christian couples. Christian marriages are very close 
to that same percentage ending in divorce. So this isn't something that 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 only plagues uh, people that are without God. Christian marriages and non-Christian marriages, 50% of them end in divorce. And so going through that, that really shaped my life, shaped, shaped my perspective of women, uh, relationships, marriage, dating, um, and really and just really pushed me to commit to a life of purity. And as I mentioned earlier, I had a problem with lust. And so that really does conflict with being pure. The fact that you can see a girl and lust after her, that conflicts with your sexual morality. So it's still a work in progress. <laughs> I'm still a work in progress. I'm not perfect by any means. Um, but once again, that's why I wanted to create this podcast, create this space um, for people that are not perfect. Um, so, you know, I'll come together and talk about these things that, that really do plague us and look to the word and look to God for understanding and have that discussion that can mend those wounds. So, as I was saying, committing to a life of purity, um, abstaining from sex, but still having a problem with lust. And of course, lust breeds the infatuation with pornography. So I did struggle with that in the past as well. And it's not like these kind of things just go away. You can still have a relationship with God, but still be plagued by various temptations. So it's not something that is just deep in the past for me. Um, these are still things that tempt me. Moving on in further podcasts that, that, that are put out, I really do want to have discussions with others about accountability and, and lust and pornography um, and various other topics. Like I said, things that really are not talked about in church because I'm 20 years old and I've been to church a lot of times, <laughs> but I've only heard one preacher, <laughs> one pastor that actually speak about pornography on a stage in the pulpit. I've, I've only heard it once. If you really do look for a community that seeks to help people that struggle with lust, you will find it. But I'm saying that majority of the time, you're not going to go into a church and they're going to speak about exactly what you're going through. Once again, that is this space. <laughs> um, but moving on, that was when my, my parents divorced before I got into high school and I was struggling with lust and pornography at that time all throughout high school. And also with that, I, it, it really embedded a spirit of transparency in my life because these are things that I cannot get through on my own. We're not meant to go about this life on our own, this, this Christian lifestyle. Because if we sit up alone, you know, our mind really does play tricks on you. Your feelings lie. And so it's not something, this life isn't something that you can say Oh, I, I got it because I've said that so many times and it failed <laughs> as I got into high school. I was actually baptized my sophomore year at 16 because my father, he wanted us to wait um, to really make sure that this is something that we wanted to commit to, not for him to force upon us. And so I was baptized at 16. That's a, a big point in my life because not only was it this public showing, but afterwards throughout high school 
of course, yes, I was I was baptized, but I was still living a, a lukewarm faith um, throughout high school, and I was convicted heavily to to really live this life for the Lord. But you can only push it away for so long. <laughs> you can only wrestle with those convictions for so long before they the spirit really does eat you up inside. <laughs> um, as I got into college, I ended up getting a scholarship to play soccer um, at a small school in uh, New Mexico, and that was a great experience. I'm glad that I did play, um, but I only stayed there for one year because the town that I was in was very small, um, and I didn't love the food that they served, <laughs> so I sought to go to school with my brother here at Texas Tech, and um, that time in New Mexico was very important in my life because I realized that I was playing sports, but and I wanted success, but I also knew that true success didn't and wouldn't come for me if it wasn't rooted in the Lord. Rooted in the Lord. So I prayed, and, and I was very, very much in my faith during soccer season. But the soccer season started in August, and it ended in November for me because we didn't make the postseason. But after November, it's almost as like a, a, a switch flipped and I was just living for myself once more and I realized this that following summer and I thought to myself it's crazy because <laughs> I only it, it's almost like I didn't want success in any other facet of my life it was just soccer and just sports and if God didn't give me success in that area of my life I didn't want him influencing the other portions of my life, such as my uh, education and anything else that I work towards. I, I didn't want him to permeate any other portion of my life if he didn't give me success in that, in that particular way. And so that was about a year ago. And now I'm in my third year in college and my second year here at um, Texas Tech. And this past year, I had probably one of the roughest years that I've ever had, and it was all due to me still living uh, a life that was hedonistic and, and, and pleasing only for myself. I sought everything that was that could quickly be attained. Soon after, it gave me no motivation, gave me no satisfaction, it was unfulfilling. To be, to be completely honest, I didn't do much. I had my classes and would go to them. I wouldn't be very attentive in class. I would go out of class and take a nap or eat something and then uh, find something to watch on Netflix. So <laughs> I was living a life that was very lazy and just for myself and, and, and wasn't productive at all. But I think that that really pushed me into creating this podcast um, because I was in a very bad space of, of laziness and I did terrible <laughs> that semester <laughs> um, educationally and my worst year yet um, and something that I hope to never repeat. And so this past year, um, as soon as 
school ended, I knew that I was in a terrible, as soon as May hit me, <laughs> as soon as I was driving back home, um, it really hit me that th this cannot happen again. And so I knew who to turn to. And, and that was my family and ultimately the Lord, because now I'm in a much better place. <laughs> but um, my mom, she, she really helped me. And that whole time throughout this past semester, I was dealing with depression and, and, and because I was so lazy, because nothing productive was, was going on in my life. I had anxiety. I was just nervous about the future and if I was going to be successful. And of course, with those same with that same routine, there was no way I'm going to be successful in anything that I do. And because I felt that I wouldn't be successful, I didn't have much self-worth. I didn't hold myself to a standard and therefore allowed my perspective of myself to, to plummet. But as soon as I got home, my mother told me, you're going to, you're going to Bible study. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't need that. Um, but of course she sent me there. Uh, you can't really fight your mom, or at least I can't. I don't know what it is about her, but I ended up attending this Bible study, which led me to attending a conference at Cultivate uh, Conference in Aquinia Christian Church in, in Arlington, Texas. And um, that was, it really flipped me around I, I just was, was wow i came to tears <laughs> and, and very little dude, i i never cry um and i don't i don't try to be some, some really hard stoic guy but you know people do tell me that i am and i broke down <laughs> and cried like a like a baby and, and uh, it took me really allowing myself to be broken down to look at the positive in my life and, and to look at how much is truly ahead of me because i'm only 20 years old and this life is, is you never know how long it is so each day should be lived with a purpose and i can't find any other purpose to live for than to add to the kingdom than to serve my lord and savior jesus christ and so that brings me to where i am now the past year of my life has been extremely interesting and it's really with my perspective on, on, on a lot of things, which has now given me a foundation and intends to keep me grounded in whatever I do, as long as it doesn't conflict with my uh, convictions. So that's where I am now. That is uh, my testimony so far. And of course, there are many other different stories that I can tell, but maybe in a future podcasts of intercession, we can delve into those. Once again, I, I want to thank any person that has decided to listen. Um, I implore you to continue to keep up with this, this podcast and any social media handles will be placed or wherever you're listening to this. And uh, I look forward to having you guys um, listen to more that, 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 that <laughs> some more that, that is put out. So um, thank you very much. Uh,